Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Ulthera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. Well, Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. John, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> And I went to his office, and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. What can I do with your face? What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. I said, I want to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace in delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician. Uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And this is a very, very special show today. We are broadcasting live from Atlanta, Georgia. First time in Atlanta for the show. We're here at the annual meeting of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, and uh, this is the biggest plastic surgery society. Most, if you can't get uh, sewn up this weekend, that's because every plastic surgeon in the United States is at this meeting, and from around the world. It's an exciting time for us because uh, we haven't had these meetings in two years because of COVID. We've had virtual meetings, but this is a real one where uh, we actually have live human beings and so I'm down in Atlanta learning, learning the new techniques, the new, uh, the new science behind plastic surgery, and seeing all the new devices. And it's, a, it's an exciting time for, for me and for all of us in plastic surgery. So, so we're broadcasting live from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons meeting today. And, uh, yeah, we can take your phone calls also. And if you're listening for the very first time, I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon host of What's Your Wrinkle for 17 years now, and uh, I uh, trained at Harvard and Cornell and the University of Chicago, and I'm board certified, and I'm on the faculty of Columbia, and uh, I teach at Cornell and Columbia. In fact, on uh, this coming Monday, I'm teaching my uh, semi-annual uh, class, teaching the residents how to uh, inject wrinkle filler and Botox, and that'll be an exciting time for all of us. We enjoy those uh, sessions, and uh, that's who I am. Who are you? Give me a call. 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR, even though we are remotely in Atlanta. 800-321-0710. There's a, a lot of news in plastic surgery this week in case... Uh, 
you've been following the story of breast implants, uh, something very, very important happened this week. Uh, the FDA issued a black box warning about breast implants. So in a few minutes, I have a, a very special guest, Dr. Alan Matarasso, will be coming on uh, live in the studio here in Atlanta, and uh, he's going to tell us all about this. Alan is a uh, an expert in breast implants, and uh, I await him. He'll be on in just a few minutes. But we're going to be talking about a lot of different things tonight. We're going to talk about, eh, maybe I'll mention uh, Dr. Oz. He was on the show a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm on his show. Don't forget, it's going to, going to be this Friday. I think that's November 5th at about 1 o'clock in New York. Check your local listings if you're listening to this show around the United States. Uh, but we're talking about the Brazilian butt lift, the Brazilian butt lift, yeah, and why I don't do it. So, you know, it's always uh, interesting when you promote a procedure right on a show, but that's not as interesting as uh, when someone comes out and maybe uh, maybe bucks the status quo. So that's what we're talking about on the Dr. Oz Show this Friday. Listen, tune in, and uh, it's 1 o'clock in New York. I believe it's on Channel 5 in New York, and, uh, and check your listings around the country. So that should be fun. By the way, we're giving away bottles of Nighttime tonight. Nighttime is one-stop shopping for skin care. It is all you need to look good. It really is. It's got vitamin A, vitamin C, fruit acids, and antioxidants, skin brighteners, everything you need. You know, at these plastic surgery meetings where I'm at right now, all the different companies show their new new devices and new skin creams. And, uh, you know, I look and they try and sell me. They don't know that I have my own skincare line. And, and I listen to them and they tell me all the... Uh, the fun things that maybe their product does and maybe they don't do. And I look at the ingredients and uh, I uh, try not to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> try not to. But, uh, you know, I know that so many skincare products can't possibly perform. They can't for a lot of different reasons. Either they have too little of the active ingredient or no active ingredient or uh, maybe some toxic ingredients. But, uh, you know, I do like to learn and, uh, and see there are some new things that are coming out that I'll be putting in my new products. And we'll talk about those in coming weeks. All right, 800-321-0710 is the phone number here at WOR. And, you know, about this time of year, you can pretty much stop using sunscreen. And, and a lot of dermatologists will tell you you should use it year-round, right? But uh, not necessary. Check your iPhone. Check the computer. If the UV index is under 3, you certainly do not need any sunscreen, despite what the dermatologist may tell you. So I get a lot of emails, and I rarely have the time on this show to answer emails. Uh, but I got one, just a very short one from Rachel, uh, and uh, I'm going to read it. It says, just what is the best filler for acne scars? And, uh, and uh, the uh, acne scars, well, very well filled with wrinkle filler. You know, I've, uh, I've treated acne scars for 30-something years now, and I've gone through all the different things uh, for acne. Uh, for instance, uh, we would do we would do um, things like facelifts for acne scars, and we would do uh, we would do dermabrasion and lasers for acne scars. But it wasn't until the wrinkle fillers came in, the wrinkle fillers like things like Restylane and Juvederm and other uh, wrinkle fillers that uh, we had a real huge change in the treatment of acne scars. Now, certainly, if you have um, those what are called ice pick scars. We're not going to be able to fill those with wrinkle filler. And those 
I do something called serial excisions. That means we numb those up and excise those, and we kind of bring the skin together. The reason the acne scars are visible, by the way, is because the light catches the bottom of the scar, casts a shadow, and so it looks dark. So the deeper the scar, the darker it looks. So the real deep ice pick scars, I go through, and in one, two, or maybe even three sessions, if you have a lot, I excise those scars, cut them out, put one or two little stitches in, and bring the skin up to level. But the shallow scars, the shallow scars, we can't close that way. And some of those, those shallow scars are maybe even a third of an inch, a quarter of an inch long uh, or wide. Not a good thing to do that way. But wrinkle filler is wonderful. Uh, so hyaluronic acid wrinkle filler, such as Restylane, Juvederm, one of those products, well, those are used very effectively to fill the wrinkles. Uh, now, you might hear some uh, sounds in the background because we're actually in the convention center at the meeting. So you might hear some plastic surgeons talking. You might hear some uh, various things. Uh, you'll have to, you know, this is live radio and we've got, uh, we've got some action in the background here. But regardless, so the, uh, the wrinkle filler that we use is usually a hyaluronic acid wrinkle filler. And even though with wrinkles, wrinkles, uh, you might come into my office every nine months, every 12 months, every 15 months to have those wrinkles filled. Not so, not so with acne scars because while the, the wrinkle filler persists, as soon as you lose just a little tiny bit of volume, just a little bit of volume, then you'll see that shadow and that will bring you into the office to top off the tank, as we say. So we'll use, uh, usually with, uh, with patients who have those acne scars, uh, we'll usually do filling almost every six months. And I'll kind of get you addicted to it, not in a, not in a physical way, but in a, in a psychological way, because once you have smooth skin from acne scars, it's very difficult to go back to seeing those scars again. So, uh, so it's very effective. Um, so, Rachel, that's the, the answer. The best filler for acne scars is hyaluronic acid. And it, and it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, there are competing products with the big companies. Allergan has its Juvederm product, and Metasys has its Restylane product. And, and there are others. There's Bellotero and many others. In fact, there's a couple dozen wrinkle fillers that are FDA approved now. I do not use things like Radius or Sculptra, uh, those are other wrinkle fillers in acne scars because uh, there could be visibility or unevenness with those. But the hyaluronic acids, uh, they're very good for, uh, for those. So uh, I hope that answers your question. Um, we're going to take more emails and hopefully get to Dr. Matarasso when we come back from our break. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I'm so happy to have Cutera, the premier aesthetics laser company in the world, as my sponsor. Cutera has lasers for almost everything that you have, but you don't want. Do you have rosacea, leg, or facial veins, or acne scars? Cutera has XLV+. That's the laser that gets rid of them. Do you have a tattoo that you no longer want? Well, Cutera has enlightened technology to erase it. Do you have hair where you don't want it? Well, Cutera has the XLHR that can be used even on dark and tan skin. 
Got wrinkles or brown spots? Well, Qtera's got the laser for that, too. They have lasers that will zap them away. How about microneedling? Well, they've got the best-in-the-class RF microneedling device. Do you want to build muscle? Now, this is the coolest new thing. Without going to the gym, I want that one. Or reduce fat without dieting or surgery? I want that, too. Qtera has true sculpt technology that reduces fat and builds muscle without ever going into the gym. When you think of lasers, think Qtera and ask your doctor for them by name. That's Qtera, C-U-T-E-R-A. And go to the website, www.qtera.com. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry broadcasting live from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons meeting in Atlanta, Georgia, where I am. It's the first uh, live meeting in two years. Uh, you know, we've all been suffering with COVID. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, everyone's masked at the meetings. You know, they require vaccinations. And uh, it's, a, it's a great group of plastic surgeons. And there's thousands from the United States and from all over the world. South America has a huge contingent here. So we're learning, and uh, I'm learning about all the new devices. I'm learning about the new procedures, and that's how we move forward in plastic surgery. Well, we've got some phone calls. Mary, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Hi, Dr. Perry. I, I want to start by saying I use your nighttime, and I absolutely love it. That, that is the best product I've ever used on my skin. So um, thank you for developing that. And uh, I have a question about rhinoplasty. I, I was wondering what your take is um, on packing versus not packing after rhinoplasty. I'm considering getting one, and then I've heard that packing can be very painful. Um, sure. So, so what packing is is actually a gauze of some type, or it can be a plastic or a silicon splint inside the nose. And uh, and let's let's talk about that. So, a rhinoplasty is a nasal reshaping operation. And uh, and it's one of the more common operations that I do. I did a very complicated one this past week, by the way, an Asian rhinoplasty uh, with a, a broad nose and uh, and um, kind of a not a not a big nose, but a small nose. And it required taking cartilage from the ear and reconstructing the uh, the top of the nose and the bottom of the nose. Very complicated uh, type of operation. And you know what? Rhinoplasties are my favorite operation in all of plastic surgery, and the reason I think it's uh, it's such a great operation, it's the most creative operation in all of plastic surgery. You really have to be an artist to do a rhinoplasty, and, and as I was doing the procedure this week, I was explaining to the anesthesiologist that, uh, you know, you really have to be a good doctor, of course, and you have to be a good surgeon 
uh, to be a plastic surgeon. But mostly, you have to be a good artist because how can I take a little tiny nose and make it into a bigger nose? Because that's what it is in some rhinoplasties. In most, it's making a big nose smaller, but it's actually harder to make a small nose bigger. And uh, you really have to be an artist. So I enjoy those operations terrifically. But back to your question now. What is packing? Packing is gauze or something else that we put inside the nose. And the purpose of it is to do two things. One, it's to cut down on oozing, bleeding after a rhinoplasty by putting some pressure inside the nose. But also, if the septum is operated on. Now, the septum is the cartilage between the nostrils. So if you take your fingers and put them in your nose, please don't do it in public, <laughs> but uh, take your fingers, put them there, you'll feel kind of a plasticky material in between your nostrils. That's your septum. And you know, everybody for the most part has what's called a deviated septum. That means the septum is rarely right in the middle. And, uh, but it doesn't get operated on, in my opinion, unless it is deviated to the point where it obstructs your breathing. So that means if you take your finger and close off one nostril and breathe out of the other, other nostril, go ahead and do that for me, Mary. Can you breathe out of the other nostril? Yeah. Yes? Yes. Good. Yeah. Now take the other finger, put it on the other nostril, and breathe in there. Can you breathe out of that nostril? Yes. Okay. So, Mary, that means that your septum, while it may be deviated, because almost everybody's is, probably does not need to be operated on because it's not obstructing your airflow. And I always say, if it's not broken, you know, we don't want to fix it, right? Makes sense. Uh, but that, uh, you know, a lot of plastic surgeons, unfortunately, and ear, nose, and throat doctors will operate on the septum. And even if it's not quite uh, obstructing, and the reason some of them do that is to get insurance money. Isn't that terrible? Uh, you know, if it's not deviating to the point where it obstructs, then it usually doesn't need to be operated on. Sometimes we have to get what's called graft material from the septum. That means I have to actually operate on the septum to get cartilage to use in other parts of the nose. That's okay, but that, again, then does not get it covered by insurance because it's not for breathing reasons. It's for, it's for cosmetic reasons. Regardless, when we operate on the septum, when we operate on the septum, then we will usually put packing in the nose. And uh, we'll put packing in the nose to prevent blood from collecting between the cartilage, what, what was there, and uh, the, what's called the mucosa inside the nose. The, uh, that is uh, the tissue inside the nose. So the packing will stay in anywhere from one day to several days. And, and it doesn't hurt, but it's annoying because you can't breathe through your nose if you have packing. So if it's possible, we want to avoid the packing. You'll be much happier. Uh, but if your septum is operated on, more than likely you will have packing. There are some newer types of packing that are made of silicone. They're little tubes that put pressure on the septum. So you can actually get some air through those uh, as opposed to the old way where we put uh, Vaseline gauze inside the nose and, uh, and pack the nose. So uh, it's a question that you'll ask your plastic surgeon. And it should not be, it should not be something that in any way uh, you decide between a plastic surgeon uh, for, poor English, by the way, uh, that means that, you know, if your plastic surgeon thinks he or she needs to pack the nose, then they do it. And, and that's a decision made by your plastic surgeon. Okay, Mary? Thank you very much.
Okay. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much for the the phone call. And we have Dr. Alan Matarasso, the uh, the world famous plastic surgeon, and he's uh, putting on his headset now. And uh, and uh, thank you. You know, I I asked Dr. Matarasso to come down uh, because he's an expert in plastic surgery. He's the former president of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Can you hear me through the headset, Alan? I can. Thank you very much. All right. I I want to thank you. Now this is this is the shortest notice possible. He's probably swearing at me under his breath. He's Not like, at you all. Know, give me some notice to come on the radio but you know we're at the meeting and this is a development that happened just uh, in the last couple days so and uh and it's the fda the, the food and drug administration has actually come out with what's called a black box warning for breast implants uh now why don't you tell us about a black box warning and and why they did this alan so thank you very much for having me so this has been going on since, oh, for many years now. And in March uh, of 2019, the FDA had hearings by all the state that, and they invited the stakeholders, the implant manufacturers, the plastic surgeons, the patients, to discuss their benefits and concerns of breast implants. And as a result of that, some things came out in September of 2020. And then this Wednesday, the FDA released... Um, a new requirements for anyone using or having breast implants. And, and it essentially involved three things. The sale and distribution of breast implants will now be restricted to only healthcare providers and facilities that utilize a patient decision checklist, which I think is what you were talking about. I'm sorry, you were talking about the black box. The patient decision checklist is the cornerstone of this. And it's a a fairly lengthy device that the implanting surgeon, not somebody else, but the implanting surgeon has to go through with the patient and they each sign off on each aspect about breast implants so that a patient is fully informed. The second part of it was uh, approved labeling for all legally marketed breast implant devices that include the black box warning that certain devices have on them and, and breast implants will join that list. Uh, this patient decision checklist that we talked about, uh, a list of everything that's in a silicone gel-filled implant, what it's really made of, and then um, screening advice for any ruptures that might happen with the breast implants, and uh, a patient device card. So the patient has a card telling them about the implant that they can get to keep. And then the last part of it, the public might, might be a little less interested in its post-market studies that the manufacturers will be compelled to do. So it's that three-part thing. So, so I'm speaking with Dr. Alan Matarasso. He's a New York plastic surgeon, has an office, I believe, on Park Avenue. Isn't that right? Yes. And he's a, a professor at the new Hofstra Medical School yes. now, I believe, uh, formerly at Einstein and uh, uh, an internationally known plastic surgeon, the uh, former president of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and an expert in this topic. So, so uh, now a black box warning for the FDA is their most serious warning. And, and I understand this was prompted by uh, the finding that some implants rarely can cause a very specific type of cancer called a lymphoma. Now, there are only about 700 or so of these lymphomas in the world ever, 
uh, even though there have been millions and millions, maybe 20 million or more breast implants since 1962. I mean, the number is is very high. So the number, you know, when, when people hear about cancer, they're obviously very concerned. There's a very specific type of implant that has been linked to that, right? Tell us right. about that. So the thank you very much for that background. Um, starting the late aughts, 2008, 2009, a fellow named Gary Brody published or reported and then later published the first article about this breast implant-associated lymphoma. And it's been associated basically with the use of what's called textured implants. And as you pointed out, there have been a number of cases worldwide, not a lot, and, um, and, and some of them have resulted, unfortunately, in fatalities. Um, the vast majority can be treated by removing the implant and then taking out the surrounding scar tissue. Um, there's no really strong reports with a smooth implant. That was one thing that prompted this. And then, then there have been reports by women that have breast implant illness where they have these symptoms that they feel could and may be related to having breast implants that some may resolve when the implants get taken out. And a lot of those things are what prompted these hearings. Um, so Ultimately, it resulted in these three guidance points from the FDA. Um, and this is why it's so important. To, and, and we as a society support this uh, good, informed decision-making with the surgeon and their patient. You know, and obviously it's extremely important that women know what they're getting into if they're having uh, breast implants. Breast implants... Um, there's about 300,000, 250,000 to 300,000 a year for cosmetic reasons, I believe, and another 100 or 200,000 for reconstructive reasons. And, and you know, there a lot of people belittle these things. They say, ah, who needs larger breasts? Women should be happy. You know, if you have, obviously, breast cancer, it's such an important thing to, to feel normal, to, to fill out clothing, to feel good about yourself. Uh, women with breast reconstruction uh, usually opt for, uh, or rather women with breast cancer usually opt for a reconstruction. And and even for someone, a 25-year-old with no breast tissue, a lot of people say, oh, this is just vanity, but it's so important for women's self-esteem. Uh, you know, and, and this is a very important thing to be able to have breast implants. And the FDA making this decision now to have a black box warning, it does serve to frighten a lot of women. It really does. Well, so. it, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure how much they're going to see the black box because they don't really see the box the implants on. But, but I think the informed consent will be helpful. And I think it's important that people recognize that it is a medical device. It may not last a lifetime. And as you point out, it's it's consistently one either number one or number two most popular procedures done in aesthetic plastic surgery. So it's very satisfying, but people should understand that you know what what to expect with a medical device. I would point out one other thing: the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, which is the largest organization of board-certified plastic surgeons in the world, has a registry called the NBIR, National Breast Implant Registry. And I would encourage anybody considering breast implants to understand this FDA information now. It's very important. And to go to a surgeon that puts their data into the NBIR. And that will allow the patient to forever have access to her or their data 
uh, wherever they may move or if they may switch doctors, they can always find out about their implants and so on and, and any, any perhaps associated issues they might have with them. And they can opt out of it if they want to also. So ask your doctor, your plastic surgeon, if they are participating in the National Breast Implant Registry, which is another check valve, if you will, for the patient's safety. And, and a great point. And, and the people that should be doing these procedures, obviously, are board-certified plastic surgeons. Uh, I can't stress that enough. On this show, for the last 17 years, we've talked about the importance of board certification. If you are looking for a plastic surgeon, the number one criteria, the first thing you should look for is a surgeon that's certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery that tells you that they've done a residency, a real residency in plastic surgery, not a, uh, you know, a fly-by-night residency. Uh, and, uh, and then they have passed the minimal requirements uh, for becoming board certified. So that, that's, that's critical. I know you've talked about that before, but it's so confusing, board certification, because the patient may not delve into the fact that what board is certifying you. You want somebody certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. That's right. And, and I always say, uh, I know uh, I'm speaking with Dr. Alan Matarasso, New York plastic surgeon, former president of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Uh, but you could go up to Albany on Monday, Alan, and you can, uh, you can register the new corporation, the Matarasso uh, Board of Plastic Surgery, and certify yourself. And you're certified by the Matarasso Board of Plastic Surgery. That's all it takes. And, and there are, as silly as that seems, there are many boards exactly like that, many boards. That aren't part of the ABMS, the That's American right. Board. I know you've spoken about this. Yeah, so, so it's critically important because uh, what we're talking about is, uh, is your life and your health and your safety. And the, the plastic surgeons that are doing things like breast augmentations and breast reconstructions should be certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Most of them are at this meeting. Most of them, them are understanding what's going on with this new black box warning. You know, the only thing that, I, that bothered me about that, Alan, is that they, uh, they did include some uh, funny things that I don't think are valid, I'll be honest, uh, such as, uh, you know, feeling of fatigue and things like that after having breast implants. You know, the, uh, there have been a number of studies over the last 20 years by non-plastic surgeons, some of which have been published in Lancet and the New England Journal of Medicine, that showed that there really aren't diseases caused by these implants, except now this very rare, very unusual lymphoma. But, you know, when they put a black box warning there that says, uh, you know, hair loss and, and achiness, I mean, who who doesn't have that, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and many of our, our female colleagues who have breast implants have said that it's, these symptoms are very common. Uh, but there are studies going on now looking at trying to identify if there is a relationship between some of these symptoms that muscle aches, fatigue, hair loss, joint pain, uh, brain fog that could be related to the implants themselves. And as you pointed out, that's distinctly different from this very rare cancer that we know is associated with a certain type of implant that's not really being used here. Absolutely. And, and most of the people I interact with have exactly all those symptoms. Right. Anyways. <laughs> I think we all do at a certain point. All right. I'm speaking with Dr. Alan Matarasso, 
plastic surgeon in New York. Uh, Alan is a practicing plastic surgeon. He's been operating in New York for uh, a long time. I, I don't know if you remember this, but I met you as a medical student. I think it was about uh, 1981 or something, a long time ago at one of these meetings, one of the first ones I went to with Dr. Krizik. Uh, so a uh, long history here, and I, I want to thank you for uh, he's been a, a guiding force to me also in my career. So thank you so much for Thanks taking for time. Thanks for having me. You do a wonderful job. Thank you, uh, Alan Matarasso. Uh, oh, by the way, before we go, give us your phone number if uh, patients want to call your office. Schedule some uh, of your great surgery. He does all sorts of facial surgery, body surgery, cosmetic surgery. What's your phone number, Alan? So my name is Alan Matarasso. We're in, in Manhattan, and it's 212-249-7500. Give it one more time. 212-249-7500. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for taking time on your Saturday evening. It's been a pleasure. And uh, there's more to the show, so stay tuned. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Give me a call, 800-321-0710. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I'm so happy to have Cutera, the premier aesthetics laser company in the world, as my sponsor. Cutera has lasers for almost everything that you have but you don't want. Do you have rosacea, leg, or facial veins, or acne scars? Cutera has XLV+. That's the laser that gets rid of them. Do you have a tattoo that you no longer want? Well, Cutera has enlightened technology to erase it. Do you have hair where you don't want it? Well, Cutera has the XLHR that can be used even on dark and tan skin. Got wrinkles or brown spots? Well, Cutera's got the laser for that, too. They have lasers that will zap them away. How about microneedling? Well, they've got the best-in-the-class RF microneedling device. Do you want to build muscle? Now, this is the coolest new thing. Without going to the gym, I want that one. Or reduce fat without dieting or surgery? I want that, too. Cutera has true sculpt technology that reduces fat and builds muscle without ever going into the gym. When you think of lasers, think Cutera and ask your doctor for them by name. That's Cutera, C-U-T-E-R-A. And go to the website, www.cutera.com. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Althera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, live from Atlanta this evening at the American Society of Plastic Surgeons meeting. 
And uh, I want to thank Dr. Alan Matarasso. Very gracious. I had no notice at all. He came down, left one of his other meetings to uh, to join us on the air. And uh, and thank you so much, Alan. Uh, we've got a lot more to the show. And you know, one of my uh, my new sponsors. You might have heard the uh, the ad for Cutera. Cutera is a great laser company. And you know, I spent a lot of time with them uh, over the last couple of days looking at their new lasers. They've got such incredible technology. It really is exciting. And we should uh, have most of those devices in our new Tribeca facility, uh, which we're going to be talking about more and more on this show. It'll be opening up in uh, late spring with my uh, my partners and colleagues, Dr. Uh, uh, Oren Tepper and Evan Garfine. And uh, we're going to be uh, doing some really interesting things at the facility, and we're going to be using the Qterra uh, lasers. So, so I was looking at some of these new devices, and and one that is really, really interesting to me is called the True Body. It's the True Body laser. It's not quite a laser, but uh, you know, it looks like it. This is one of these uh, ama- amazing devices that can actually grow muscle. So, without you going to the gym, this this is pretty cool. I I have to say. And what it does is it, it uses a little bit of electrical current. Doesn't hurt at all. It's a 30-minute procedure. And you put these uh these uh little plates on your belly. So, the surgeon will put the uh the flat flat plates on your belly and a nurse will sit with you during the uh, the treatment. And what it does is it causes your muscle to flex. And I think the uh, the data is something like it's, it's like working out for hours without having to work out. This is sort of cheating, you know. Hey, hey, what can I say? Uh, I want it. Uh, so you put these devices on. You come, and there's different sessions, and you work different muscles. You can work your biceps. You can work your triceps, your abdominal muscles, your thigh muscles, your buttock muscles. Really, really cool technology. It's called the True Body. And then there's the True Sculpt Flex that also... That's amazing stuff. This is all brand new, and it really does work. So this, uh, the True Sculpt Flex actually will dissolve. It doesn't really dissolve, but it destroys some of the fat on your belly, on your hips, on your thighs without having surgery. So this is the future. I mean, I love operating. You know, I'm a surgeon. I'm a trained surgeon. But uh, I have to say, these new devices that can actually build muscle and destroy fat are really exciting. And I want to use them on me. So I looked at those, and I looked at their Secret Pro. Oh, my. They've got great names for their devices. And that one actually uses fractional CO2, fractionated CO2. So that's carbon dioxide lasering. Uh, And I've been doing this uh, with different devices for years, but this is the coolest new one because it combines the carbon dioxide laser for skin resurfacing. That means it decreases wrinkles and splotchy pigmentation, and it also it combines that with radio frequency microneedling. So radio frequency microneedling is it's a technology I've talked about it over the years. In the beginning, microneedling was very, very primitive, you might say. It reminded me of uh, one of those devices that uh, that aerates lawns. You know, it kind of has these little needles that uh, go into the skin. and uh, But they've perfected this technology now. So these needles now have a very careful electric current that stimulates the skin, shrinks the skin, and makes it look better. So Secret Pro combines two technologies in one. And I can't wait to get my hands on this device also uh, for the new Tribeca facility. So, so uh, 
when you look at lasers, when you look at uh, different devices, look at the Qtera devices. That's C-U-T-E-R-A. And they've got a great website. It'll explain all these things for you. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. The phone number 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. So I get all these emails. I usually just answer them directly with patients uh, or prospective patients or or callers to the show or people that want information about the uh, the skin care. But every now and then I, I spend a little time on this show uh, reading a few of these emails. So we got one from Barbara. And she said, I just purchased the skincare system, but I'm confused about refrigerating the night lotion. It's a serum, not a lotion. I'll tell you about that. Should I keep it refrigerated all the time or just when I first get the product? So my nighttime is the one we we refrigerate. And uh, I have figured out and have three patents on this. I figured out how to keep vitamin C from going uh, bad in a short period of time. So most vitamin C products, uh, well, most companies don't want to use real vitamin C. So they use something that really doesn't work. It's allowed by law to be called vitamin C. Things like sodium ascorbyl phosphate, and there's a lot of other fancy chemical names. Um, They're allowed to call this vitamin C. But your body doesn't recognize it as vitamin C. It's a very specific form of vitamin C that your body recognizes called L-ascorbic acid. That's the type that you get when you eat oranges and limes and lemons. And it's in food. And it's the only type humans and guinea pigs, by the way, can use. All other animals, all other mammals can use any type of vitamin C, but we do not have the enzymes to use other forms of vitamin C. We have to be given the exact form of vitamin C that's present in oranges and limes and lemons, and that's called L-ascorbic acid. The problem with that vitamin C is it's very fragile, very. So when it's exposed to light, it immediately converts to an inactive form. It's called oxidizing. Or if if it's exposed to heat, it will immediately uh, change, and it becomes useless. And you can uh, you can actually see this with the orange juice that you buy. If you've got uh, some orange juice that's in a clear uh, glass jar, and you put it out on your uh, your patio in your window, uh, and expose it to light for a few hours, you'll see that it gets darker by the end of the day compared to one that's in your refrigerator in the dark. It oxidizes, and it actually gets used up. So. In skin creams, in skin care, we have to protect the vitamin C. Most companies don't bother because they can't do it. It's too short-shelved. But I figured out how to keep my products years, and there's a few different things that I do very carefully. One of those is I refrigerate the products from the moment it is born when we make it in the factory, which is, by the way, in New Jersey. I make all my products in the United States, which I feel very strongly about, but that's a whole different story. Uh, So from the moment my nighttime is created, it's refrigerated. And I have documentation that I have three and a half years of maintaining the vitamin C. You have to have 5% vitamin C. I've got 10% in my products. 5% is what's scientifically proven to make a difference. And vitamin C, of course, is the number one stimulator of collagen in the skin. Uh, And while I cannot tell you that my product specifically stimulates collagen. I can tell you that vitamin C does, and I have 10% vitamin C. So you can infer that, 
But the FDA says, no, unless you actually have measured that, you can't say it. But, you know, all the companies will say it because we reference the different, uh, the different scientific publications. Regardless, when we ship it to you, we take it out of the refrigerator. And if you're not going to use my nighttime, if you're not going to use it right away, then I ask you to refrigerate it. If you're using it, I know that it'll stay for several months on your uh, on your countertop, in your bathroom. You don't have to refrigerate it every night. Some people do that. It's really not necessary because I've also documented that the vitamin C takes months to start degrading. It won't happen as long as you don't put it in your windowsill. That's why we have amber glass because we don't want the light to get at it. And we, of course, you don't want to put it on a radiator or something like that. It'll destroy it. Uh, but if you use it like everybody else does, just put it on your uh, on your countertop and use it every night before you go to sleep. You do not have to refrigerate it. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. A busy show today. We've got more of the show. We'll be back after these words. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Ulthera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon and host of What's Your Wrinkle for a long, long time now. And uh, we have uh, often uh, taken this show on the road. I broadcast from Italy and France and England and a lot of shows from Beverly Hills. Never in Atlanta, though. We're broadcasting from Atlanta today at the... Uh, we're in the convention center here at uh, right across the street from CNN, and uh, I can see the Coca-Cola sign from my 
from my hotel. It's, a, it's an exciting city now, and uh, we're broadcasting from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons meeting, our annual meeting, the first live meeting in plastic surgery in a couple of years, showing that uh, we are recovering from COVID in this country. Uh, we are beginning to uh, to beat the virus, and that's good. I've had three uh, vaccines. Looking forward to getting my fourth fourth one probably in January, and uh, and I hope you all have gotten your vaccine. We won't get into that tonight. All right. So uh, I do a lot of breast augmentations, and uh, you know the, the when you hear about that black box warning, it's a little scary. But but the truth is, breast implants are extremely safe. Millions and millions of women have them. I do encourage my patients to get MRIs, MRIs to, to make sure that your breast tissue is okay. Because one thing that, uh, that even the FDA has not really stressed is that breast implants block the ability of mammograms to see breast tissue. And with an implant, anywhere from 3 to 60% of your breast tissue is blocked. You know, and if you're relying on mammograms to, to stay safe, which you should be relying because it's two years, two years before you could feel a little nodule, you can see it on a mammogram. And that's the difference sometimes and often between living and not living from breast cancer. So that's why mammograms are so important. But if you have breast implants in, you do lose the ability to, uh, to have that early uh, detection. Not in every case, but in a lot of cases. So I, I tell my patients they should have MRIs because MRIs see through the breast uh, implant. So if you have an MRI, then you're staying safe. Now, it doesn't mean you, can't, you should not have mammograms. In fact, I had a woman a couple months ago who had a very suspicious uh, area that was seen on a mammogram but not seen on the MRI. So you can't rely entirely on the MRI. And thankfully, by the way, when she had her biopsy, it was benign. And I know she listens to this show, and it was uh, an interesting story and very emotional for her for a couple of weeks until she had that, uh, that area out. Uh, so have your MRIs. If you cannot afford an MRI, and by the way, it won't be covered by insurance, and they are anywhere from one to $2,000. If you cannot afford an MRI, then do not put breast implants in your breasts. And it's, it's really quite simple. If you can't afford the insurance to drive your car, then do not drive. Don't buy a car. It's the same thing with, uh, with breast implants. You really have to be able to have those, uh, those studies that keep you safe. So there was an article in, uh, in our journal, the uh, Aesthetic Sur Surgery Journal, one of the, uh, the big ones, uh, that's published by the Aesthetic Society. There are two big plastic surgery societies. The one I'm at right now, I'm in both societies. It's called the American Society of Plastic Surgeons. And then the, there's the Aesthetic Society. And they both publish different uh, journals. Well, there was a journal in this uh, article, rather, in this month's journal. And it was really pretty interesting because it looked at breast implants and what they do to breast tissue when they're in for a long time. So we know that fat responds to pressure. So if you've got very large breasts and you have uh, a bra, your bra straps will dig into your shoulders and cause a grooving. And those of you who have large breasts know exactly what I'm talking about. Men, you know that your belt will actually cause you, if you uh, have kind of a little belly there and you uh, cinch your belt, you've got a 36 waist, but you're uh, using a 34 belt because you want to really hold things in. After a few months or years, you'll have an imprint that's permanent because your belt was, will destroy the fat. 
Well, it turns out that if you put breast implants in your breasts, you will actually destroy the fat in your breasts. That's not exactly what you want, right? But it does happen. So what they did was they looked at MRIs of women before and after breast augmentations, and they can assess the volume of the breast based on the MRI, the actual volume. And they found that they looked in 36 women who then had their uh, breast augmentations, and the the implants were placed right behind the breast tissue as opposed to behind the muscle. And, and they measured the amount of breast tissue, and it turns out a year after having implants in, you lost about 13% of the volume of your breast. So even though you increased the volume with breast implants, you lost some of the fat of your breast. So uh, in the end, it's not quite as big as you thought it would be. That's not a huge difference. But it is a difference, and it is uh, pretty interesting. And it's another thing that plastic surgeons need to tell their patients that, uh, you know, the same thing happens in pregnancy, by the way. When you grow breast tissue in pregnancy, you kind of squish the fat of your breast. That's a very technical word, isn't it? You squish that, and you can actually destroy some of the fat of your breast during pregnancy, which is why your breasts grow during pregnancy. But the great majority of women after pregnancy actually lose volume. Their breasts are smaller if you wait about a year or so. You know, you've finished your breastfeeding, and then you, uh, you actually look at your breasts. You've stretched out the skin of your breasts, and you've lost volume of your breasts. And that is why your breasts droop after pregnancy, which is why we do breast lifts. So a different operation than a breast augmentation. And a lot of women are confused. Should they have a breast augmentation or should they have a breast lift? And the fundamental question that I ask patients, right, the very first question in a, in a consultation when they come in and they think they want an augmentation is, the, are you happy with the size of your breasts in a bra or in a bathing suit or in clothing? And often women that think they need breast implants will answer, yeah, I'm happy with the size, but they don't like the shape. They don't like the drooping of their breasts. And so that answers the question. It's not an augmentation. The last thing you want to do is put a breast implant in your breast if you're happy with the size of your breasts. For all the reasons that we talked about with Dr. Matarasso, implants are not perfect. They're very good, but they're not perfect. They block breast tissue. Uh, there's a very, very rare chance of those lymphomas, the cancers. And by the way, uh, he did mention that the occasional person, there are a few fatalities from that cancer. But I believe that well over 95%, 98% of women that have been diagnosed with those lymphomas are cured simply by removing the implant and removing the scar tissue around the implant. And most women don't need chemotherapy or radiation therapy. And uh, I think it's a very rare and reportable uh, thing when a person uh, has spread of the cancer or, heaven forbid, dies from the, uh, the breast cancer. So there are issues with breast implants. Yes, they're very, very good devices. Um, I think uh, when women ask me, should they get a breast implant, uh, you know, if you have small breasts, if you don't have the drooping, uh, then certainly it's a reasonable thing as long as you're notified as to the risks and the benefits of that. Just like any operation, by the way. We have to consider the risks and benefits of all operations. And so certainly uh, with a breast implant, uh, if you have small breasts and if you're willing to accept the risk, willing to have the MRIs afterwards, then yes, it's a reasonable idea. I had a woman who was 49 a few days ago. She came in and she thought maybe she had slightly small breasts 
uh, wanted a, a, an augmentation, wanted a lift. But by the end of the consultation, when I was honest with her and talked to her about all the different risks of the implants, uh, she chose only to have a lift, and that's reasonable. And again, I'm not dissuading women from having an augmentation. I do lots of breast augmentations. I think it's a wonderful procedure for women. Uh, but you really have to know all the pluses and minuses, just like you do with other procedures like tummy tucks, right? And, uh, you know, with tummy tucks, there's a risk of, uh, of blood clots in your legs and a uh, risk of bleeding and things like that. There was a study that just came out in our journal this month that talked about the risk. And thankfully, it's a lot less than we used to think. Uh, the most recent data is about a half a percent, a half a percent chance of getting a blood clot in your leg with a tummy tuck which is a lot less than a study that came out years ago that said 5%. So this is a huge improvement. And maybe it's surgical technique. Maybe it's that we're uh, using different anesthesia. Maybe we're not tightening the belly as tight as we used to. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This has been a, uh, a very good show. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my greatest critic. And I think it's been a good show because we had Dr. Matarasso. We uh, discussed the newest things in plastic surgery at the American Society of Plastic Surgeons meeting. And when we reconnect next week, if we're not preempted by football, we'll talk about more of the new, the newest, the greatest things in plastic surgery that I learned at the American Society of Plastic Surgeons meeting. You can check out my website, periplasticsurgery.com. You can go to the uh, Facebook page, Dr. Arthur Perry. It's facebook.com slash Dr. Arthur Perry. And if you're interested in the products, the great skincare, I think it is. Of course, I'm biased. Go to drperrys.com, D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. And uh, for those of you who are interested, again, the website is periplasticsurgery.com and drperrys.com for the products. Noah, thanks so much for great across-the-continent engineering. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. We'll be back hopefully next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye now.